It's 970 WAMD Aberdeen and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library and that is Bob Mumby. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Today we'll be speaking with Barney Mickle, president of the APG Centennial Celebration Association and Charlie Niedebitz, Forgive me if I murder that name. Uh, Charlie is the VP of the uh, the APG Centennial Celebration Association. Good morning, Bob and Charlie and Barney. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We have a lot to talk about today, but first we have to get our courtesy. We have a little courtesy session while acknowledging we're all none of us are perfect. Um, we get annoyed at people um, that should know better. <clears throat> People that um, stop in the middle of the supermarket and look at both aisles with their cart and you can't get by them. They don't realize and I don't think they care. My second gripe is about um, medical costs. And um, I heard this, this about, this happened a, a, a few months ago. Uh, even for vets, a woman brought a, a, a very limp duck to a veterinary surgeon. Surgeon, believe me, don't think I didn't practice that <laughs> a few times. Sounds like an old Catskill, Catskill routine. What'd you say, Barney? I said a limp duck. <laughs> <laughs> and she puts him on the table. The vet shakes his head sadly, puts the stethoscope. Say, I'm sorry, man, but your your duck. Uh, Cuddles has passed away. The woman's, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. How can you be sure? You haven't done any tests. So he said, okay. Rolls his eyes, brings in a black Labrador retriever. Uh, as the duck's owner looks on in amazement, the dog stands on his hind legs, sniffs the duck, looks at the vet and shakes his head and drops his face and he walks out and brings in a, a cat. The cat jumps on the table, sniffs the bird head to foot cat sits back on its haunches and shakes its head and meows softly and strolled out. Um, he said, I'm sorry, lady, this is certainly that The duck is 100% dead, at which point he gives her the bill. She looks at it. She goes, $550? Just tell me my duck is dead? She said, the vet, the vet shrugged at her and said, I'm sorry. If you had taken my word for it, the bill would have been 50 But with the lab report and the CAT scan, it's now 550 <laughs> No, huh? Eh? <laughs> I mean, I was waiting for the punchline with you. <laughs> okay, we got that out of the way. Um, where's the rim shot? <clears throat> well, I'm proud of you. As far as your gripes go, Bob, that was that was a super positive uh, little tidbit. Except for the duck. Except for the duck, he, he didn't make it. All righty. Let's. What do we got with trivia? Well, let's see. It looks like we have uh, quite a few things. I heard Barney's good with trivia, so we made him a little bit difficult this week. Uh, gentlemen, feel free to chime in if you know the answers. Give Bob a hand. I need it. Okay, February 3rd, 1959 is known as the day the music died, when these three musicians died in a plane crash. Can you name them? Uh, Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. Richie Valens. Very good. And who was almost on the plane? Um... Oh, um, uh, Waylon Jennings. Waylon Jennings. He missed the plane. He missed the plane, or he gave. He gave his seat away. He gave his seat yeah. away. 
Yeah. Um, North Dakota or South Dakota. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Good one. That was a good one. And nice, a good nice one. work, Barney. Yeah. All right, we're going to get a little bit more difficult. Next one's yours, Charlie. <laughs> you don't want to ask me that stuff. This one's multiple <laughs> choice. In 2017, a 30-second Super Bowl ad cost how much? $1.5 million. Five to five point five million, ten to ten point five million, or a hundred million dollars. Thirty second ad. Five point five. Yes. Thirty seconds of your life. It's going to be $5 about. Million. It's going to be about three million this year. Is it? I heard. Wow. It's been. I, I, from what I understand, the backroom negotiations between the NFL and the advertisers and the network. Mm -hmm have been pretty hot and heavy over the past month because they're talking about projected rate. It's such a wide gap between what the projected ratings are going to be. If you talk to the NFL or the network, oh, it's going to be bigger than ever. And if you talk, if you're Budweiser, right. you're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just hope everyone's not like me. I use commercial breaks to get another <coughs> beer. So. A Budweiser. <laughs> yes, a Budweiser, right? <laughs> Power suggestion. <laughs> Um, this recliner was invented by Ed Shoemaker on February 10th, 1928. Lazy Boy? Lazy Boy, that's yeah. what I would have said. Does anyone know of any other recliners? I mean, I feel like that's a, that's an easy one. Strato Lounger. <laughs> I don't know why I know that. I think that's before my time, Bob. <laughs> um, Mattel announced the split of this famous couple on February 12th, 2004. Oh, that's Barbie oh. and Ken. Yes. Yeah. Charlie knew that one. That one I okay. Could. Few of these I could get. Most <laughs> okay. I cannot. Most I cannot. Uh, this condiment was first advertised for sale in America in Philadelphia on February sixteenth, seventeen fifty eight. Say that again. This condiment, first advertised in America in Philadelphia, in February of seventeen fifty eight. Ketchup. Nope. Seventeen fifty eight. Go ahead, Charlie. Mustard. Yes, it was mustard. <laughs> oh, I thought you said oh seventeen fifty. I was going to guess Nutella. Is Nutella a condiment? I don't. I mean, you <laughs> can spread, use right? it as one, I guess. I don't really think it's a condiment. I don't know. Um, the New England Patriots hold the record for most Super Bowl appearances. How many? The New six. England. Is it? It is not six. There's more than six. Uh, okay, okay, so they were one. Two, eight, more, nine, ten. Wow. Ten Super Bowl appearances. So what? Maybe they won six times. I don't know what it was. <laughs> and I'm just gonna say, go Eagles. You know? <laughs> well, they they did something right. They got they're getting me to root for the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> well, my daughter lives in Philadelphia, so I'm a Eagle fan by uh, association. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, an Eagles fan by proximity. If the Ravens can't get in, at least mm. the Eagles are in. It should be interesting. It should be. Um, a 27-year-old war hero named George married a rich widow named Martha on February 22nd, 1759. What is their last name? Washington. Yes, it is. I don't have it, but it's interesting. The ages of the founding fathers and mothers... Mm -hmm. um, when the Declaration was signed. Um, like, Ben Franklin is in his 70s. Mm -hmm. But, like, Thomas Jefferson is, like, 28 like, yeah. or 30. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Hamilton is 24. Betsy Ross is 24. 
Um, it's really something. Yeah. And anyway, I, I digress. It was a good generation. <laughs> if you ever go to um, um, Natural Arch down along the Blue Ridge, it's just south of Charlottesville in Virginia. It's this beautiful arch that's been worn by the river. Um, about 35 feet up on the the granite wall is initials. Uh, when he was, uh, I guess, a major or a captain, George Washington, in the French and Indian War in 1763, he climbed up there and carved his initials. Wow. More digression. Very <laughs> <Where are> you <laughs> um, Heartbreak Hotel debuted on the music charts on February 22nd, 1956. Name the artist. Uh, it's Elvis. It was Elvis. But he's left the building. No, he says I think the, I saw um, him last week. <laughs> and he, uh, Ed Sullivan show agreed to have him on as long as Ed Sullivan, they agree, they could only film him from the waist up. Because mm -hmm. the gyrations were evidently going to be. Uh, times have changed. Agitating. <laughs> yeah, really. So how many of us saw him live when that performance occurred? My, my first one is is uh, the, I remember is the Beatles' first appearance. Well, so you you remember that? My parents religiously watched Ed Sullivan, and yes, I remember seeing Elvis, and my father's reaction <clears throat> was not favorable. <laughs> no, they thought he was a. Uh, um, they he thought was he was uh, the second coming of Satan. A lot of people. My father just didn't like the music. It was not his style. Big bands. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, that's uh, and and the other thing was, um, do you we actually had a vote in this country about 25 years ago? The post office took a massive poll because they were going to do an Elvis postage stamp, and was to see fat Elvis or thin Elvis, <laughs> which which image like his you know his drug addled puffy face from Las Vegas right, in like even, 1973, yeah. that even a question? or his. <laughs> Viva Las Vegas face from... And Margaret, yeah. And Margaret. Um, so, speaking of rock legends, uh, which rock legend was arrested for urinating on the Alamo in 1982? There's... Not an American. Ozzy Osbourne? It was. <laughs> it was Ozzy Osbourne. I actually knew that one, so... I don't. I, I did. I. I must have known it sometime, but yeah. I. It was buried somewhere, crowding out some important yeah. knowledge. <laughs> <clears throat> You'll never get that brain space back. No. Um. So two more questions. Let's talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Um. Which team won the first Super Bowl? Green Bay Packers. Yes. And teams wearing white jerseys have won twelve out of the last thirteen Super Bowls. Guess who's wearing white on Sunday? Um, Patriots. Yes. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. Maybe it's easier to spot. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Got I wonder if the, I wonder what the correlation, not the correlation is, the cause of that, if any. Sounds like a good research topic. <laughs> and I'm sure it will be. Well, that's it. That's, that's it. it? Well, those were good. You guys did a great job. Well, and um, well, I I had a lot of help over here, so uh, thanks, thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, 
just one quick knowledge thing, um, because we're going to get right to the uh, the, the interview. Uh, and I'll phrase this as a um, beginning, as a trivia question. Naomi Parker Fraley died a few weeks ago at the age of 96 in Longview, Washington. You know who she was? She was uh, Rosie the Riveter. And for years, they thought another woman named Je uh, Geraldine Huck Doyle was the inspiration. And Naomi had always said, no, that, that's me. And some per press person researched it and um, actually had it corrected because he found a microfiche um, of, a, of an ad saying, you know, Local girl uh, Naomi Fraley, and they, they had her actually with a impact gun or something working on, uh, I guess, in the Ford plant where they were churning out these B-28s or whatever the case might be. Um, so he corrected it, and she passed away at 96. That's amazing. There's, there's um, many Rosie the Riveters. In fact, uh, the Rosie the Riveters we had here in the Ballistic Research Lab programmed the ENIAC in 1945, 46. While they may not have had a rivet gun, they were the ones who programmed the uh, the, the, the first computer. And in fact, uh, uh, they the, the term computer came from the women who did the calculations. Oh, really? Yep. So we have our own Rosie Riveters. We had a great program on that, didn't we? Didn't we uh, during the celebration that, in conjunction with the library? Yeah, yes, it was, was about Rosies. That's right. Yes, sir. That's fantastic. It, no, stepped right up, and I don't know how many women, uh, million women, um, 19 million women held jobs during World War II. Uh, Not only did they hold the jobs, they, they, they held some dangerous jobs, as you may know, part of what we did last year was to put in this uh, memorial, the Aberdeen Proving Ground Workers Memorial, and doing our research to find out how many people died since over 100 years, um, it turns out it was 47. And it was either 12 or 13 women were killed in a building explosion in Edgewood in 1945. So, yeah, women were... Was that, that was the chemical and the That was the chemical, the, the white phosphorus. phosphorus. Yeah, white phosphorus rounds. They were loading the white phosphorus rounds and, um, and again, exploded building and 12, um, 12, 13 died, so, yeah. I just saw a, 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 an excellent write-up on that, and Campaign 42 um, has done, uh, and actually they're uh, the Black History Month. The Campaign 42 is, ah. they have 62 pamphlets they've produced on uh, black history in Hartford County. And and, and most many of those women were, were black women back in, in, in you know, doing, doing that work. And it, of the nine... The, how many died? I think it was twelve. It's either twelve or thirteen. But the only, the only one that they, whose name they put in the paper was the white woman. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, again, it's just yeah, yeah. Looking back, yeah. Well, that that's great. Um, and I'm sorry, she was working in Nashville on an A31 Vengeance bomber, which I'm sure you guys, Barney, I'm sure know what that is. No, that's actually uh, a new one on me. <laughs> 
in Nashville, Tennessee, A31 Vengeance Bomber. Okay. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with uh, Barney Mickle and Charlie Niebowitz, um, the president and vice president of the APG Centennial Celebration Association. Ford County Public Library's winter reading program, Eat drink read runs through march 3rd adults and teens may sign up for the winter reading program starting december 21st by logging on to hcplonline.org or visiting a local library adults are encouraged to read or listen to at least five books teens should read or listen to three upon successful completion participants will receive this year's eat drink read collectible mug while supplies last Sponsors of the 2018 Winter Reading Program are Advanced Eye Care, Schaefer, McLaughlin, and Stover, LLC, friends of the Harford County Public Library and Harford County Public Library Foundation. For more information about the Winter Reading Program, log on to hcplonline.org or pick up a copy of the Headlines and Happening newsletter at any of the library's branches. Welcome back. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby, and this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted to have Barney Mickle, president of the APG Centennial Celebration. And Charlie Niedabitz. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I've been stumbling over Charlie's last name uh, this morning. I, I figured that you needed a tag in that wrestling match. <laughs> I did. Thank you. And Charlie's the VP, the vice president of the APG Centennial Celebration Association. And he only did 40 years at APG, retiring in 2010. Um, we could probably do 10 shows just on that, Charlie, and... You as well, Barney, for what you've been involved in. We'll do a quick, um, we'll embarrass Barney a little bit um, uh, since we've already covered Charlie. Barney's retired defense industry project manager. He has over 35 years of experience developing and leading projects with the government and private sectors. He is a past president of the Army Alliance, Inc., a charter member of the Northeast Maryland Higher Education Advisory Board. He serves on the Northeastern Maryland University Research Park. Board is a member and past president of the Susquehanna Workforce Network and chairs the SWIN Youth Committee, um, SWIN Susquehanna, I use my vernacular for that, and is a past secretary and board member of the Northeastern Maryland Technology Council. He is also a founding member and president of the APG Centennial Celebration Association. How did you get out of reading that? <laughs> um, I, I just, uh, I'm a woman, I know how to work it. So Barney, it looks like you, you, don't, you don't keep busy at all. You're not involved in anything, really. No, and, and of course that was, thank God, not concurrent, but consecutive <laughs> or sequential in, in a lot of that service. Uh, and of course what I'm here to talk about today is the most current one and the one that's taken up a lot of Charlie's in my time. Uh, what has been called, and the APG Centennial Celebration Association, but we are now rebranding ourselves as the APG Discovery Center. Uh, the Centennial Celebration Association did a great job. Uh, we helped Aberdeen Proving Grounds celebrate their 100th centennial, which formally ended October 21st with a giant gala held here in Aberdeen. Speakeasy. Uh, is it this, this? The, we, we took over the, the Merritt Office Building on Aberdeen Parkway for an evening, and we had somewhere upwards of 750 guests. Uh, and it was truly the party of the century from Harford County perspective. I can't attest to this directly, but I have been told it's the biggest single party event in Harford County for 100 years. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Amen. 
Well, you deserve to stick to it. And, you folks uh, did a phenomenal job. That was a, the, the work of a tremendous team of volunteers. They've been recognized. Uh, the commanding general of Aberdeen Proving Ground recognized their support. Uh, and now it's time to move on to the next phase of what we had always planned to do, which is create a permanent addition to our community called an APG Discovery Center. And we've gone through many iterations of names for this, and that is the most current, and I, we, Charlie and I, believe the best name for it. Uh, it represents something that, that will be a legacy for our community, and, and it's building on the, the fact that everything proving on exists in our community. It employs upwards of 23,000 folks, most of whom are local. Uh, our commuting area includes Cecil County, Baltimore County, Hartford County, of course, and down as far as, as Anne Arundel and and Charles County down that way and eastward up into Pennsylvania and over into Delaware. But uh, that technology that's focused at Aberdeen is unique in the world, certainly unique in DOD. It's the DOD's largest research, development, test, and engineering community in the, in the continental United States, if not anywhere. And we want to leverage that to create something that will build on uh, what they have done for 100 years, help replace the loss of the APG Ordnance Museum, which was moved out under the Base Realignment Activities in 2005, uh, and, and also help encourage our students to choose technology careers as they move forward in their educational life. Uh, we in our community know that we are not graduating enough technology students to fulfill the technology jobs that exist even in our own community at Aberdeen, let alone the ones statewide. Statewide, the state is, is seeing a deficit of thousands of students a year uh, that they're not graduating to fill the jobs that are being created in technology. Uh, one of the aspects of what we want to do is, is expose our students at the middle school level to the kinds of technology and the kinds of work that are available right here in Harford County at Aberdeen Proving Ground and thereby encourage them to make this choice towards that kind of a career. Uh, by Let me stop you there for one sec. I'm listening. I want to write a check. I want to support, uh, support it. I want to know more about it. What do I do? Where do I go? The easiest way is to go to the website apg100.org. Okay, and that's uh, apg100.org. Correct. Okay, continue. Uh, and I, I want to throw it to Charlie now to talk about the vision that we have created that, that talks about the three legs, the three pillars of what our technology discovery center will be about. And Charlie, as a, as a technology expert and career scientist, is the best guy to t talk about that, I think. Yeah, well, thanks, Barney. And um, uh, you, you talk about the three pillars. We actually started... Uh, thinking uh, from a museum aspect when we a group got together and said the Ordnance Museum is leaving and you know what you know what can we do and we were thinking you know some sort of museum but as we iterated on this a number of times it became clear that we have more here uh, with Aberdeen Proving Ground than just the ability to have a new and different museum. Uh, and that's when we focused our attention then on what we believe are the three pillars of the Discovery Center. One is education, two is technology, and three is heritage. So just briefly, uh, on the uh, education side of the house, um, 
as Barney said before, 23,000 people here in the Proving Grounds, a large percentage of those folks are in the technical area. We have uh, many PhDs, master's degrees doing scientific work. Uh, all the disciplines, uh, scientific disciplines, are probably represented. So if we can form this discovery center, no, when we form this discovery center, um, we would have access to that type of, uh, uh, those types of people who can provide the training and the education in the STEM environment. So, so we believe that we're, this is ideally located for a STEM-like discovery center. But it's more than just education. The other piece that I think is absolutely unique is the technology piece. And by that, I mean, I'm sure you've heard or, or talked to people who said, um, oh, you work out at the Proving Ground. I don't really know what goes on out there. You know, well, I hear the guns going off, but that's about all I know. Uh, I was fortunate enough in, in my career there to be the director of the, uh, something called the Department of Defense Supercomputing Resource Center. In simple terms, the Department of Defense has four of the largest supercomputing centers in the country, and we have one of those right here at Aberdeen Proving Ground. And again, when I would tell people we had that, like, geez, I didn't, I didn't know that. There's uh, training. There's, there's actually programs where, where, where young kids could, could uh, uh, go and see the supercomputer and actually work on it and program it. Um, so there's a lot of technology there that people outside the fence haven't seen, don't know about. One of the goals of the technology center, of the technology uh, leg of the center, is to bring, saying it a different way, bringing uh, uh, tomorrow's technology to the public today. Because what the Proving Ground is working on today, the public may not see for another 10 or 15 years. And, and actually, to me, a great example of that is uh, we know we can't operate today without a PC, without a, uh, without a phone, without uh, the, the electronics we have. Well, back in the Proving Grounds in, in 1980, we were working with those types of uh, systems. We had PCs in 1980. We were part of the original Internet with something called the ARPANET. So all those things were going on in the 80s. Just imagine if we had a discovery center in the 80s. Those things would be in a discovery center, and the people would be talking to their kids and their grandkids saying, well, you know, back in 1980, when I was there at Aberdeen Proving Ground Discovery Center, um, I saw that first computer, or first PC, or what have you. That's just one example of It's of like NASA things. through the 60s and 70s it, with the, exactly. the applied research from right. that. Yep. And, and, and we don't know what's being done today that's going to land on our tables 10 years from now. And, and obviously I'm talking about the unclassified stuff. There's, there's classified things going on, but there's a lot of unclassified. And that's because a lot of the research that's going on on the program is what's called basic research, basic and applied. And, in the, and when you do the basic research, that's open literature in, information. So that's the second leg. And then the third leg is a little bit easier to explain. That's the heritage part. And, you know, as Barney said, we have 100 years' worth of uh, history uh, and heritage of the proving ground, of the area. Um, and that's what we uh, saw during the centennial celebration as, as many organizations were bringing out different things that were associated with the proving ground. So to summarize that then, if, if we, when we have, I keep saying if, 
Well, you got to tell me, you got to kick me, tell me when. When we have this uh, Discovery Center in the building, you'll be able to go to a place where your children can be educated. They can look at displays that are some of the latest technology that's being done. And they could discover the history or learn the history of uh, the proving ground and what's been done. And as I mentioned earlier on, the ENIAC was uh, the first electronic digital computer. It was um, built uh, under contract to the Ballistic Research Lab with the Moore School of Engineering in Pennsylvania. It was moved here. Herman Hein Goldstein. You got it. <laughs> and we had Herman Goldstein here for our, in 1996, when we did a, a ribbon cutting of the supercomputing center when it, when it stood up. We had a parade for him. We had uh, we had a stamp that was uh, was put out uh, uh, back in 1996. Oh, really? Yep. There's a stamp uh, that was done commemorated uh, at, at that time, um, and and there's there's so many stories associated, you know, with that. Uh, uh, and Herman Goldstein gave a talk. We have a book uh, that was published. I think you can find it on online uh, called uh, "50 Years of Army Computing." which goes back and, and uh, it, it was a transcription of the entire two-day celebration we had um, uh, uh, for the uh, 50 years of, of, of Army computing. So, well, so I, that's the summary of, of the center. Well, and just, you know, to, just to think about this, um, and, and, you know, we, we give up, a lot of organizations ask for the community to contribute. Um, Many of them, most of them, um, are doing great things for our community. Um, in this case, it, it, it is not only, you know, it's the education part and, and, and uh, the enrichment and STEM and historical, but tourism-wise, this is going to be a phenomenal um, thing because, and again, I just have it up here, you know, a historically accurate lab following the timelines of, of the inventors of things like uh, ENIAC, interactive labs to learn about the invention of the gas mask and experience the testing process through virtual reality. Um, I mean, that's a day trip for people and it could be an overnight trip if someone's driving down in DC, they're gonna wanna stop and spend a day at, at this. So this is really amazing. I'm gonna ask you about a few of the other things or at least mention them. Um, Game-like exhibits that demonstrate things like computer programming and how dogs are trained to sniff explosives. Um, laboratory classrooms where teachers will supervise the learning of biological, chemical, and physical sciences. Multi-purpose rooms that can be used by nonprofit groups for field trips, APG leaders to host dignitaries, professional associations to hold TED Talks, and family workshop shops on specific Topics. Don't ask me to say that again. Um, brilliant conception uh, and uh, APG100.org. Um, you can you can give them twenty five bucks. Uh, it's easy to do. You go right online, and this is something really for all of us. Uh, tell us more um, about um, uh, the tech center, um, because I mean when I think supercomputing. I'm showing my age. I think like a Cray computer that can do like, you know, a thousand MIPS. I, I can't <laughs> tell you. And and Charlie can talk to the numbers of computations. They're they're in um, gigawatts, I think, or gigabytes now. 
Well, there, with a J. Well, it, it's actually uh, what they call petaflops, floating point operations per second. Uh, and we're up now to um, uh, peta, which I right now I can't remember the, the number. I think it's it's uh, two. Anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot of calculations. I, I think it's uh, I want to say quintillion. It could, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Terra right. is is three billion. Um, well, a billion. I mean, a Terra billion, and then um, Giga it, is it, is one billion. Uh, anyway, I'm it, sorry. It's, it, it's a lot. And and I'm very glad. Thank you for bringing up the tourism aspect of what we do. That was our our third phase of the discussion. Uh, losing the Ordnance Museum was a hurt for us for our, for our community. That was one of the largest tourist attractions, if not the largest tourist attraction in Hartford County. Uh, when we envisioned originally, as Charlie said, we started looking at museum concepts, and we quickly realized that we have something much bigger here. Uh, than just a museum, and, and of more broad interest potentially. While the museum is great for military history, something on the order of a discovery center, and our original concept, to jump around a bit, uh, was we looked at the, at the Maryland Science Center, and we said, that's a great tourist attraction. That uh, appeals to, from youngsters to oldsters across the board. Can we do something like that in our community? And the answer is yes. We focus it towards Aberdeen Proving Ground. Uh, we have the technology assets there, as Charlie talked about. Uh, we have tremendous heritage here. So we bring that all together. And, and uh, one of the things that was not mentioned that we're planning to put into this center is a theater. Uh, and that comes from the original Ordens Museum had a small theater where they showed military films and and demonstration films of tanks and artillery, and if anyone's old enough to remember the old Army promotional TV show called The Big Picture, um, they still maintain those films over at Aberdeen. They were filmed at Aberdeen in the late 40s and 50s. Uh, show some of those, but also bring in IMAX presentations. Uh, they have 3D demonstrations that, that actually Charlie showed me from the Supercomputing Center, where they show when a high-velocity tank round hits armor, what it looks like. And they do that in three dimensions. And, and it's fascinating to see how that vaporizes and liquefies and flows out around you. And, and in addition to that, you know, when we talk about IMAX, most people, most people know what, what IMAX theaters are. Well, we just had this discussion uh, this past week and came up with uh, beyond the IMAX. Well, what's beyond the IMAX? Well, now envision you're in this theater um, except now you have the headsets on, and you're actually driving a tank over top of the Munson test track, which is out at the proving ground. And you're bumping up and down, and the turret's moving back and forth. And so this, rea this, this uh, uh, you know, type of, of um, reality, what am I trying to say? The um, virtual reality, that's the word I was looking for, this virtual reality will be there in the theater, right? So we go from a IMAX-like thing to which which Barney uh, talked about in terms of seeing the results of calculations, to something where you're now include included in the actual uh, test vehicles that are doing on approving it. So we're excited about this this potentially beyond the IMAX type of theater. Can I drive the tank over a car? I've always wanted to do that. Is that we wrong? We could probably program that. Yeah. <laughs> 
And is it wrong if it's someone who just went by me at 90 miles an hour <laughs> after flashing oh, oh, me? Oh, actually, that would be probably preferred. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, absolutely amazing. And, you know, going back to, you know, I'd say the mid-'80s, um, the true anchors of the Inner Harbor um, before Camden Yards was there was the, the Science Center. That is what, and and then after that the aquarium, um, but that is what it was a huge anchor and was responsible for tens of thousands of daily uh, of visits, that really created the momentum for uh, what that became as a, as a real magnet and a huge boon to the city. Um, so there, uh, there's absolutely this can do the same thing and. When we talk about our tourism jewels in the county, you know, two of, the, two of our biggest, certainly in Aberdeen, but our biggest jewels in the county is APG and Ripken Stadium. And um, apparently the mayor and city manager don't like the current situation at Ripken Stadium. And Patrick and Randy would love to have you on the show to have some, ask you some questions. Um, that we know the answers to, but the people of Aberdeen don't. So, love to have you on. Um, I'm sorry, I digressed. <laughs> but APG is truly uh, one of the jewels of the county, of the region. And to, make, to, to use something like this, to feature it, and to, to, to just make people aware or remind people, you know, on the educational side, the heritage side, and the scientific side, what the heck is going on here? It's just, it's, we, no, they say the people who live closest to the Statue of Liberty are the right. least likely to visit, visit it. <laughs> well, and, and, and Charlie spoke to it very eloquently earlier. The technology that is, exists on Aberdeen is not going to come outside the gate easily. Uh, and now since 9-11, the post is a closed post. So it, it's not like when you could just drive in openly and look at the old tanks that used to be on display there. Um, even if they were not gone, but they are, uh, access is limited uh, for security reasons and rightfully so. So bringing it outside the gate is the right answer. Putting it into something that we call a discovery center, we believe, is the right answer. Um, making it available to our students uh, as a primary user uh, opens it up then to bring their parents, siblings, relatives, friends back for a second visit to really experience the entirety of what's available. So it, 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 you know, you get a taste of it if you come there as a student, and then you bring your family back for the longer visit. Talk about the P3 uh, aspect to this, which is so powerful and has so much potential um, as far as lo uh, partnering with local education, with government, with, uh, with organizations, certainly with folks like the library, et cetera. How, I mean, just talk about the sum of one and one being three when you talk about that. Uh, and, and you've actually covered it. We have partnered, and the Centennial proved the theory. Uh, during the process of the Centennial, we partnered with the Harford County Public Libraries, Harford County Public Schools, uh, both uh, community colleges, Harford Community College, Cecil College, uh, City of Aberdeen has been a partner for us. They actually provided space for our APG Workers Memorial 
uh, and they provide the perennial maintenance for it now that it's in their park. Uh, we have partnerships with many local businesses, both defense and non-defense, who have been corporate sponsors of our activities and continue to do so uh, with some multi-year funding grants. Obviously, the, the county has been a strong supporter of what we've done. We, we've had two rounds of tourism grant support that has provided the seed money to go forward with all of the activities that helped the centennial and now will lead into the creation of the Discovery Center. And, and while, while we started ACCA to you know, help and support, we didn't realize that it would actually become the de facto central repository of everything that was going on in the county, at the libraries, at the Stepping Stone Museum, right? And, 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 and so, so that became very, very uh, valuable, as Barney said, that's what we learned. So with the Discovery Center, what we're hoping is, and as you know, there's, there's many different STEM activities, right? We're, 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 and we're not talking about you know, taking over STEM activities. There's, there's all kinds of things going on in the county. Well, again, the APG Discovery Center could be that central repository of, I want to know what's going on in the county. You go to that website, you find out what's going on in the Discovery Center, as well as what's going on at the community college, as well as going on what um, organizations on the Proving Grounds are doing things. So it, it helps focus um, uh, people, it helps to, to provide a focus for where people can go and get the information uh, in this particular case about STEM. So Barney, so I'm a listener today. I'm excited about the new Discovery Center that's that's coming to our area. Is there a timeline? Are there ways that I can volunteer, help fundraise, um, and anything that I should know we, on that front? Oh, thank you so much. You've anticipated my final point. Um, our our meetings are open meetings. We meet at the Office of Economic Development uh, on Pulaski Highway. It's also known as the ground floor. Our monthly meetings are the first Monday of every month, if it's not a holiday. Uh, 9 o'clock, that's uh, on Pulaski Highway, the Office of Economic Development. Uh, it, we welcome participation. We encourage folks to come out and see what we're about. We're always looking for volunteers. Uh, we welcome anyone who has an interest in the three legs of what we're doing. Technology education, community and Aberdeen Proving Ground Heritage, and improving uh, and building on our tourism and quality of life in our community. We're all about those activities. Uh, and, and this is part and parcel to all of that. And I would just like to say, this is also what grants are for. So let's hope uh, on the tourism grant, you get a nice big number because I can't think of better spent money for all of us. Um, and here's to hoping the other grant avenues are as open as well, um, because this is, this is really impactful. Uh, any kind of metric or measurement you would put this up against as far as what, what's good for our funding and dollars, and, and this and passes. Thank you for that support. And I, I will say we have gotten strong positive reaction from our Harvard County delegation in Annapolis. They've requested that we come and brief them collectively uh, later, later this month. We're in February, so it is later this month. So Charlie and I will be going down to speak to the entirety of our Harford County delegation to tell them what we're doing. We have spoken Excellent. to them individually as members, uh, and they said, this is something we all ought to hear. And so we're going to go down and give them all the same pitch we're giving you guys um, with pictures. 
as well to help them visualize because they are busy, busy people with a lot of stuff on their plate. Uh, and so far, every individual member of a delegation we've talked to has been quite supportive. Uh, and uh, we expect to, to continue that support. We're, we're also looking for, and we had great participation uh, in the AC, uh, during ACCA with the, um, our defense uh, uh, industrial base here who provided uh, you know, funds to help us uh, uh, help the Proving Ground uh, celebrate its 100 years. And it's also those folks who uh, we're looking to to, to uh, provide the help and support uh, on a longer-term basis with, with this Discovery Center. And many of these firms are involved in technology, so we think it's a, it's a good fit for them uh, uh, to be able to show what they're doing with the Proving Ground in, in uh, providing the, the, the newest technology. So, you know, we hope to uh, we'll continue to talk with the, the defense community and, and look for their support as well. Yeah, and that's... Um they often step up. I'm a oh, yes. Boys and Girls Club guy, so what Raytheon did for our um, STEM Center of Innovation um, right. in Aberdeen uh, two, two, two and a half years ago. Um, it's the, the, These kids still, to this day, uh, uh, they run off the school bus when they're dropped off at the Boys and Girls Clubs. And that's a lot of the reason. And even and they even know their first hour is power hour where they have to do homework. <laughs> no, the, uh, Charlie and I have both been exposed to the Boys and Girls Clubs. Um, we're looking forward to partnering with them as we move forward. Uh, and if I might, but but let me know, can I plug some of our strong supporters in the community? Absolutely, we insist. Uh, we have multi-year donors who... who have stepped up from the beginning and seen our vision. The APG Federal Credit Union has been our largest and first granting agency. Hartford Community College, Cecil College, they have been strong supporters. ACET Incorporated, one of our defense support contractors. Service Engineering, who is also big in supporting the boys and girls. Tony Steelman will give you a share. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Mr. Folk. I'm thinking yes, of sir. Altus. Yeah. With Tony Mr. Folk is a very strong supporter. And, and you mentioned Cray before. Cray, uh, the supercomputer company, provided. Uh, uh, yes. Significant financial support. Lidos, one of our technology uh, companies that's located actually on the Proving Ground in the gate. Very strong uh, grant supporter. Um, the, these individuals and corporate entities have seen our vision and share it with us to, to build this in our community. And we thank them profusely. Uh, and it's, you know, the, you, the names you see of them always stepping up. APGFCU, just... Uh, I mean, there's, there seems to me no limit to what they're w willing to do um, for our community, um, and that is great. And by the way, speaking of our community, um, I, I just want to remind everyone that my, um, my views on how the city of Aberdeen is handling Ripken Stadium is Bob Mumby's views, not APG 100 views, not Mary Hassler of the Hartford County Public Library's views. It is my view, and I'm only doing it as a public service, as I, <laughs> uh, as I deem it to be. Uh, so, gentlemen, um, again, uh, can't thank you enough for doing this and for coming on. It's apg100.org, and um, we can't wait. And uh, after the show, just click on that. Show up at one of their meetings first Monday of the month at uh, OED up on Route 40, um, 9 a.m. And um, 
this is excellent, really exciting. Uh, so we can't thank you enough. And uh, we're going to take a quick break, um, and then um, when we uh, when we come back, we'll be covering some great events coming up at the library, uh, and then we'll go over the edge where we look at some news from outside Harford County and do some thingamabobs. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members aged 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MakerBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MakerBot and PrinterBot professional green screen with studio light box and both Apple and Windows computers. All to help create your electronic video, audio, publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Harford County Public Library's Winter Reading Program, Eat Drink, Read runs through March 3rd. Adults and teens may sign up for the Winter Reading Program starting December 21st by logging on to hcplonline.org or visiting a local library. Adults are encouraged to read or listen to at least five books. Teens should read or listen to three. Upon successful completion, participants will receive this year's Eat, Drink, Read collectible mug while supplies last. Sponsors of the 2018 Winter Reading Program are Advanced Eye Care, Schaefer, McLaughlin, and Stover, LLC, friends of the Harford County Public Library and Harford County Public Library Foundation. For more information about the Winter Reading Program, log on to hcplonline.org or pick up a copy of the Headlines and Happening newsletter at any of the library's branches. Welcome back. You're listening to 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mumby. Well, Ms. Button, by the way, great to have you back on the show. You've, uh, you've, uh, uh, you haven't hosted in a while, um, I'm sure, because you have 50 other things on your plate, and um, it's good to have you back. Thank you, Bob. It's really good to be back. Tell us about uh, what's going on at the library, um, I, so I can be amazed again, as I am every week. <laughs> good. All right. So we have uh, quite a few things going on, as usual. Um, Friday, uh, today, at uh, February 2nd at Jarrettsville Library, um, Commu Harford Community College Actors Guild is going to do a production of Almost Maine. Um, registration is required, so go online and check that out um, if you're interested. Uh, tomorrow, we are starting our celebration of Black History Month at the Habity Grace Library with the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity book dedication. They've been doing this every year. Um, this year, uh, Peter Bird and his book, uh, The Son of Seven Daughters, a 350-year American family album, will be featured. Uh, we have uh, yoga happening this week at a couple different branches. If you're interested, we have gentle yoga for um, appropriate for all ages. We also have vinyasa yoga um, uh, that is just featured uh, for adults, and registration is required for that. Um, I also wanted to talk to something uh, a little bit close to your heart. We have Beam Me Up, one of our BEAM programs at Falston Library on Wednesday, 11 a.m. to noon. Um, and I think that's something you've been 
you've been saying you wanted to go and check out. Um, Beam is an interactive gaming projector oh, system. Oh, I, I can't wait. Yeah, it's a full body experience because it's uh, it's projected on the floor, so there's all sorts of games you can play. I haven't played it yet either. I have definitely observed some uh, adults uh, <laughs> having a good time with the Beam projector, so I definitely am looking forward to trying that out as when, well. When can I go there? Because, they, you know... I don't want to go in there when there's a bunch of kids running around, and sure. there's always a bunch of kids running around because the library does a great job. Um, so you can really go in anytime, talk to one of the librarians, and they can um, set you up with it. Uh, generally, right after our story times is not the best time to go because that's when the kids really are um, getting engaged with that program as well. So if you want to avoid the younger um, younger learners that we have, um, I would say maybe go a little bit later in the day. So they're going to the beam machine after sitting still for an hour. Yes. Okay. Yep. And uh, working out all the kinks. Okay. <laughs> working off some extra energy. Wise, wise advice. Yes. So definitely check that out. Um, and then we have something really fun happening Thursday, February 8th at Abingdon Library, 6 p.m. Uh, registration is required. It is the Family and Friends STEM Challenge Winter Games. So this is based on... Um, a winter game challenge based on the upcoming Winter Olympics. So families or um, teams of friends can sign up. Um, it's going to be a group challenge. So you and your family will provide be provided with three challenges, and it's really your way to compete in the Olympics. But it's using STEM um, uh, to become more familiar with STEM. So that's the challenge. So, for example, um, each group is a country who's competing in the Winter Games. So you're going to use materials provided to construct a flag and then uh, design and create a costume. And one of uh, your family members has to wear that costume for 15 minutes. So that could lend itself to being fun. You, you had me at one of my family <laughs> members having to wear a costume. Yes, and I'm already kind of just spinning some ideas in my head. I have no idea what the construction materials are going to be, but I'm sure it'll be something innovative. So what, what costume will Deb Button be wearing? Um, I don't know that I'm going <laughs> to make my mom do it, but I'm thinking to myself I could maybe talk my friends into uh, to coming coming along and doing it. All righty. Um, I hate to embarrass my mom in public. <laughs> um, one of the other activities, uh, creating living quarters for your team at the Olympics. Um, so you will build a small-scale replica using some materials. I don't want to give away the materials because I feel like that will give some folks a... Um, a little bit of a head start. Um, the last challenge is really the one that has me most intrigued. Um, you're going to be provided uh, materials to create a mini luge with two riders. And then you will have a race based on the construction that you have you have done. So I'm thinking in my head of, of what a mini luge could be made out of. Uh, and I'm thinking... You know, those cardboard races we all did when we were kids. You know, you build a little car and you run it down a ramp. And so I'm just kind of thinking that could be that could be an interesting experience. There, But there could be some, um, what is the surface that the race will be on? I don't know. She didn't tell me. I reached out to one of our librarians to ask her. Um, she, again, I don't want to give you, uh, you know, okay. the, the materials. But I will say that they are household items. Um, 
along the lines of, uh, I had a team building challenge at a meeting once at work, and we were asked to design something using uh, marshmallows and dry spaghetti. Uh, and this particular challenge was to get this contraption to uh, equal 18 inches tall and then stand for 30 seconds. Reminds me of Destination Imagination. Exactly. Exactly what the schools were doing. So this is kind of along the same line, um, but it's really a great way for families um, to come together and have fun creating and working together. And if you don't know that this is a STEM challenge, um, you would just think it's something fun, but it it really is a way to make STEM more approachable, um, to realize that everyday things um, everyday learning experiences, everyday fun really can have that component um, and really to to kind of make it more approachable. As, you know, Barney and Charlie were saying earlier, this is a, you know, their plan is to build their discovery center so that STEM becomes a part of your life um, early and so you kind of build on those skills as you get older. So they're focusing on middle school. Um, some of our um, STEM activities and programs, you know, focus on the younger kids to kind of give them that first introduction. And this is a fun way um, to really introduce them to those activities and um, to go in and, and play with Beam or use our 3D printing or um, our virtual reality goggles or any one of those things. But if you just kind of want an introduction, you want to learn a little bit more about it, this is a fun way to kind of get your feet wet. Fantastic. And I... I... My library story of the week is because I'm, I'm probably in the library or on, on the library uh, site several times a week. Um, HCPLonline.org, by the way. Uh, I play guitar, and I have discovered, I should have known it already, how many resources are in the library. I mean, music books, music charts. Now there's even musical instruments kits and you could go online and just put search guitar or search guitar book or guitar chords and everything in the library's collection will come up before you you just put it on my list and then you'll get an email the next day like say it's up in Havre de Grace and I'm in Bel Air I'll get an email next day come get it it's on a shelf as soon as you walk in the door scan it you're done um, so really uh, great stuff. Well, great and stuff. make sure you're checking out the online resources too, because did you know you can actually take guitar lessons virtually on our website as one of our online resources, we have uh, musical instrument instruction. Oh my God. Yep. So you can go to the library, get your guitar, go to the website and watch one of the videos. There's a whole series of videos. Um, it's, I just started Rosetta Stone. I wanted to learn conversational Italian. So I went to the website. You can use Rosetta Stone for free. And they they show you how to use your hands yep. when you talk? Yeah. <laughs> it's ingrained in me. But My yeah. wife's Italian. I <laughs> try Christmas Eve at, at her family's house. You yeah, I bet it's loud. My, my yes. family is. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I'm going to do that later. I think, but when I take the virtual lesson, it, I'm going to hit next step and they're going to say, take up tuba. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we're going to do is, let's see. First of all, you're living. You're living. <laughs> That's all right. Oh my God! It's a tongue twisting kind of day. You're listening to 970 WAMD Aberdeen, and we have another minute. Do you want to do two origins of phrases or our rap names? Did you create a rap name for me? Yep. Then I definitely want to hear that. Okay. There's a few. Okay. I have you and Mary. I had for Barney. 
mm-hmm. uh, but he left. Um, and um, yours is um, J.M. Swoop, Jiggy J.B. Oh, I like that one. Um, Young Diva Jenny J. <laughs> and um, what else? Wicked Jenny Diamond. <laughs> I think Jiggy's probably closest to uh, to me. I think that's, okay. probably, that's the one I'm going to rock. And Mary's is Mary, M-A space R-Y, <laughs> M-H trip, uh, Mistress M-H cash, <laughs> and M-H rhymes. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> so, and uh, we'll do one more uh, uh, origin because we have 30 seconds. Perfect. Uh, scapegoat. What is the origin of that term? No idea. It's naturally an innocent person or thing blamed for the wrongdoings of others. Um, having a scapegoat to blame eases people's consciences for wrongs they may have committed. The term comes from the biblical practice of the Hebrews of symbolically transferring the sins of the people onto a goat that is let loose in the wilderness to die. Huh. So when I was blaming all those uh, actions on my older brother when I was younger. Uh, yes. I was really just trying to follow biblical practice. Well, <laughs> let's say the goat was innocent, but your brother probably entirely wasn't. Uh, no, no, I was guilty, <laughs> and I blamed him for things. <laughs> all righty. All right, well, that's all the time we have for the Hartford Edge. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.